0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Uncensored Sales Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dowdy, sales coach and revenue mentor for service-based experts. I help service-based experts get more clients by mastering their sales conversations and their sales mindset. And on today's podcast, I am so excited to have Crystal Baird, who actually we met online, first, and then we discovered that we were both local to Kansas City and had the awesome opportunity to meet in person, Uh, a really great opportunity to work together, which I absolutely loved, Um, and I just really enjoyed watching Crystal on her journey. So she is a content marketing strategist with Crystal Clear Storytelling, and she is going to talk to us today about how content is such an important part of the sales process. So welcome, Crystal. I'm so glad you're here.
1: Thank you so much, Ryan. It's great connecting again.
0: Absolutely. So, tell everybody your story. And I just learned Crystal's story. Actually, we've worked together for a while, and she just told me like the full story what she used to do in her full time career before she pursued entrepreneurship. And I just think it's such a cool story. So, tell everybody your entrepreneurial journey.
1: Yeah. So it is kind of a very windy um, path. But I actually, out of uh, school, I became a nurse, specifically a pediatric nurse. So actually. Um, worked with kids, worked with um, worked in the school system, and I stepped away a little bit from that and did some consulting for Cerner, which is a medical uh, records program. So I did some of that, and I think that was my first kind of brush with just not being an employee.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it really a- helped me um, see that I loved teaching, and I loved speaking, and I loved coaching, and I just liked that kind of side by side with um, with adults, with professionals, not necessarily with kids, which I still love and I still um, will sometimes do. But I kind of had this feeling like, hmm, maybe I don't want to be an employee. You know, it's just kind of, that was the first rumblings of that. And as I got further along um, with working corporate, you know, it really realized like, hmm, I'm sitting at this desk and I don't feel like I am at my highest potential. And I, um, I was like, oh, I used to be a writer. I used to be creative. And I, as I've told people before, you can't creatively give someone insulin. You know, there's only one way to do it. There's only one way to do a lot of medical um, stuff. So I kind of realized I'm like, hmm. well, if I'm creative, maybe this really isn't the field for me, you know, nursing in general. So I actually ended up in 2017, I got my health coaching certificate. And I felt that, okay, well, you know, I like teaching, I like coaching. So maybe this is a good fit for me. And I did that for, I was trying to build that business up for a year and I was kind of struggling Mm -hmm. and I, you know, and then I started really feeling depressed and it was really because I, I put the, I'd like took my website offline, I stopped seeing, you know, any, you know, any sort of clients and I'm like, let me, let me take a look at this. Why am I depressed? Why is this not working the way I want it to? And I really, I realized that this is still not quite what I need to be doing. I realized that I felt like I had to play a character in my content. I felt like I had to be this like perfect example of health and mental health to get people to want to work with me as a coach. And I think that um, not only was that exhausting, right, you know, you can't play a character like that. But also, I think people kind of didn't want to work with me because, you know, I wasn't being authentic to myself. So I really just sat there for a couple of months, like, you know, in this limbo and uh, not, not working at all. And I realized, you know what, like the writing aspect is what I really enjoy. And I when I worked with masterminds, I was always the person helping them with their wording. I was doing this for free because I loved it so much. I'm like, oh, let me help you with this part. Let me do that. And then I had people in my mastermind, like ask me for help. And I'm like, wait, this is what I should be doing. This is what, you know, this is what I should be working on and doing as my business. You know, I can still do what I love and I can combine my health knowledge because I was helping primarily people in the health fields, physical therapists, meditation teachers, dietitians, you know, coaches, so I was like, I can still take that and bring it and bring my love of writing, bring my creative skills into something that, um, is like intersects everything that I love. Mm-hmm. So, and I've been doing that since July of last year.
0: I love that. I love the story. That's the part that really surprised me when you had shared with me that you were in healthcare. Uh, Cause having met you only as an entrepreneur, you're such a free spirit and you're so creative, And I was just really shocked to learn that that's where you started, um, which I thought was really fantastic. So as far as let's talk about playing a character in your content, I literally wrote that down when you said that, and I'm going to derail, derail things for a minute, which I'm known for doing on this podcast. Will you talk to the audience about what is wrong with doing that and, and not what is wrong with, I don't want to judge people. That's obviously not my objective, but I think we all feel the need to do that. I know that I am learning even a year later, how to step into myself every day, right? We have a tendency to show up what we think people want to see instead of showing up as ourselves, which is what I think you mean by playing a character. How did you talk yourself through that coach yourself through that? Like, how did you really step into being Crystal as Crystal, not the crystal everybody else, you think everybody else needs to see?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I want to just back up just a tiny bit. And I think that um, as far as why we might feel like we need to play a character, I think it's important to talk that out before we get to not doing that. And I think that a lot of it comes from, at least for me, what comes from imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Because – you know, in this space, we have to be an expert. We have to be credible. We have to have something like, why are we talking about like about our expertise? You know, and a lot of it is we're don't feel like maybe we're qualified enough. So we have, or we feel that, oh, to coach somebody, I have to have it all together. Which obviously, you know, I think we can, we can intellectually know is true, but to really internalize it and be like, you know, I don't have to have it all together. I, you know, you know, but online, especially because social media is a highlight reel, you know what I mean? And then again, we're trying to um, position ourselves. It's so easy to do. And so, and you don't even realize you're fully doing it. I think, like I said, I was doing this for a good six months to a year before I realized, hmm, my mental health was not where it should be. I felt very tired. I felt exhausted. And then it was really only until I took a full step back from my business completely. Because when you're doing everything day to day, when you're trying to show up for your community, when you're trying to get clients, when you're trying to do client work, you don't see the big picture. It's hard. It's almost impossible. That's why people bring in strategists and coaches because it's only until you fully pull back and you're seeing everything and you're realizing, you know, this is not who I am. You know, uh, this is not, this is not, I'm showing up in a way that is exhausting or I'm showing up in a way that, um, I is all over the place. Sometimes it's more like, it's not even so much being a character, but it's like I'm over here in one place and then I'm over here you're oversharing in maybe another place. And, you know, it's not, it's not cohesive and it's um, not how I want people to, to see me or it's not how I want to be seen.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's, thank you for saying that's so true. The imposter syndrome is such a big deal. So let's talk about that a little bit. Cause you said, you talked a lot about the exhaustion and the overwhelm. Do you think that comes from, trying to do what everybody else thinks you should do or trying to be who you think you should be more so than just running ourselves ragged with tasks or what, what is, what that's an, that was an interesting observation and I want to kind of dig into that a little bit. Like where do the overwhelm for you seems to be coming from a place of you weren't showing up as yourself and that was really exhausting to you. Yes.
1: And I think that part of it for, for me also was I am, um, Ryan, you know this, but for other people, in my personal life, I am very um, deeply concerned with social justice issues, yeah. with um, dismantling um, privilege, and looking at things from a, um, a class lens, and a racial lens, and all these different pieces, but online, a lot of people are kind of using um, their, their class, and their wealth, as a sign that they should be listened to, And this is something that I cannot abide. I cannot do that. I think that trying to do what other people were doing, especially as it relates to furthering um, power structures that do like that are just I happen to be born middle class or happen to be born, you know, a certain race. um, I can't I, I felt like that was like betraying myself. It was betraying who I was outside of my business and I, so I really had to find a way to marry who I am personally, my values, how I want to show up, who I want to help mm-hmm. and how I'm showing up online in my business or even face to face in my business and not betray myself and not betray my values.
0: Absolutely. That is so important is being yourself both personally and professionally and as a business learning to blend those two things is a really interesting challenge, right? And we're encouraged sometimes, you know, be yourself, tell your behind the scenes story, but don't tell too much of the behind the scenes story because then people might know that you don't have your shit together. Like it's just this, right. this, uh, Tightrope right you walk all the time. So, thank you for sharing that. I just thought that was really interesting and I thought that everyone could benefit from digging into that. Like, are you playing a character and if you are, that's probably a big piece of A why you're not getting clients, B why mm-hmm. your content isn't resonating with people, and C why you're so damn worn out all the time is right. putting on a mask every day and going to work and that's hard. So, Thank you so much. That was really interesting perspective. So let's talk about your business. So obviously you've pivoted, you're here in the content strategy role, which I think is really fantastic. What are some of the challenges aside from, you know, learning to show up as yourself that you have struggled with in, in growing your business as a, as a new entrepreneur?
1: So as a new entrepreneur, I think it's, um, and I think a lot of new entrepreneurs can relate to this is you get, you feel, you know, you have like, Start, you know, you're told so many different things. Start a Facebook group. Make sure you're building your email list. You got to post on Instagram stories. You have to, and even me who is like coaching clients or telling clients that they don't need to do all of the things, you still feel you still have to build a foundation. Um, and you still have to have certain systems in place to keep doing what you're doing for me. It's also like to keep putting out my own content while also working on other people's content, right. you know, like there's only so much bandwidth, you know, in someone's brain to, to work on like the client work in your own work, especially when they're closely um, intermingled like that. Um, and so for, so for me, it's like, what is, what are the systems I need to have in place? And then also who do I need to ask for help? because again, you do not have to do everything alone. I tell, I tell clients, I tell my audiences all the time, you do not have to do everything alone. But the problem is, it's like, who do I bring in? Or at what point do I bring it in? Or what is, what is something that I have to admit that I'm just not very good at, or something that takes me too long, you know, really being honest with yourself about some of this stuff. Um, And just the process of building a community. It's not hard, Building a community is not hard, but it does take time and it does take consistency. And it is something that, you know, you, you have to cultivate. It's, it's a garden. It's not going to grow overnight. Mm-hmm. So that thing is, it's not hard, but it's definitely a long process that you have to start.
0: Yes. Time and consistency. Those are your keys to success. That is like my overwhelming, yes, consistently showing up and putting in the time is so, so important. Um, let's talk about your sales journey a little bit. And I, I have some insight to that as I've had the awesome opportunity to coach Crystal sales foundation program, but you've had some really yucky feelings about sales that you've had to overcome, um, to be able to better connect with your audience, uh, raise your rates, which you've done, which I'm really excited about. Like, let's talk about how that relationship with sales has evolved for you.
1: Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting because in previous in this conversation, we talked about how I had to marry my personal values and my professional life. And I think that because I think I've, we've seen, we've seen people do sales badly, right? I think you talk, you talk about that a lot. in podcasts. There's people who are not doing it right. I mean, that's, I actually totally took myself off of LinkedIn for like over a year because of how badly people sometimes do sales. Right. And I, and I think that, because we see people doing it badly and our brains tend to focus on the negative. We're like, Oh, sales is bad because there's people who have pressured me before. And for me, um, again, somebody who wants to be true to my values throughout my business and somebody who feels like that is necessary. It's like, Oh, well, if I am, if I'm overly pushy or if I'm promoting myself or I'm this or I'm, you know, doing that, then I'm being, um, I'm not being myself or I'm not, um, you know i'm going to turn people off i'm going to bother people like i really thought i was bothering people and it really wasn't until i worked with you ryan that that shift really helped me um as far as realizing that it is helping people mm-hmm. and then an, an interesting personal life thing that i took back to my sales mindset was i had a f- uh, my best friend um wanted me to be her maid of honor mm-hmm. she lives in florida And she told me, she's like, well, I was going to ask you, Crystal, but I know you live in Kansas City and, you know, I knew you couldn't afford it. So I'm going to ask somebody else here in Florida. And that made me so freaking mad. It made me so mad that she decided what my situation was before she even talked to me. She didn't offer it to me and let me work it out with my husband and see if I could still fly down to Florida a couple of times this year. She had just made that decision without me. And again, as an entrepreneur, I'm like, isn't that what we do to people when we are like assuming that they can't afford us or we're assuming that, um, oh, they won't be able to, um, invest with, uh, um, us. We're like spending their money for them. If, if we think that, you know what I mean? We're like not putting them in the driver's seat of their own um, decisions in their business and in their life. So it was so weird that this moment, like, where I'm like, and I told my friend, I'm like, why didn't you, like, let me try to figure that out myself? And she realized what she had done, and she apologized, and we worked it out. But it was one of those things that, like, I went ahead, and I'm like, no, like, this is something that I can take into my professional life because, and, and I think that, that also, with your help and with this kind of weird insight, I'm like, no, I'm not going to spend other people's money for them. I'm going to offer this option and they can work it out themselves and if they can then great if they can't then that's also okay
0: that's awesome i wrote that down like are you making decisions for your audience like are you deciding things for them that is such a fantastic story and i'm sure the content strategist in you has found a way to make that work um for your copy because that's a really compelling story um, if it was you know a girlfriend made a decision for you that was like, whoa, 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 are you gonna, you know, not include me in this because of the assumptions you have. And if you're doing that to your audience, you're doing them a disservice. That is awesome. I love that you had that light bulb moment. I think that is really, really fantastic. So let's talk a little bit about content. Cause I think like that is the perfect story I see being really great content. As a content strategist, Crystal, how does that play in to sales? Like what role does your content play in your ability to connect to your audience, sell, and make money. What how do you view all of that as a strategist? So for me,
1: my goal with content, especially as somebody who's using storytelling as like my forefront of what content should be, for me, it's about empathizing with their point A and really being like, this might be what you're feeling. You may be feeling frustrated. You may be feel like you're not getting anywhere, you know, all these different emotions. But then also peeling back what their point b of what what they want their life to look like and being like this is possible and not and you know this is what can happen this is what has happened for others this is what my story is this is what my client's story is and i think that to me that is a form of selling but i think for people who are more heart-centered and conscious of how they're coming across like this sounds weird but this is like an easier pill for them to swallow Mm -hmm. it's not about selling it's just about showing them via your content via your social media via your website what is possible if they shift their mind towards thinking that they can actually get out of the situation that they're in because so many people are just stuck in this situation and they don't think that, that there's any help for them or they think that. You know, I have to get X and Y in in line before I can invest in a business coach, for example, or I have to do such and such before I can get my website designed or whatever it is. Um, it's um, you know, it's like no, you don't need that. This is other people who can. This is um, people who um, I've worked with who. Have their relationships or have their health, you know, improve and all these different aspects to that because to me that's a, that's a great story and it also helps overcome objections. I think the one, the biggest objection a service-based entrepreneur can get is, but will that work for me? Mm Mm-hmm. I think we hear that a lot. Will that work for me? That may work over here, but you know, if you have that story and they can empathize with that story and they can see themselves in that and they can see themselves reflected in um, the desires of that point B, then I don't think that that really is near as much of a problem, if at all. Mm-hmm. So I think that content is—it's almost its own journey through. Getting them to be like, oh, this is my problem, to being like, maybe I can fix this problem. And so that I think from there and they get to that point, then that's a great time for them to start trying to get on the phone with you
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and, you know, further nurturing that along.
0: Absolutely. I love that storytelling content thing. And that's something I've had to learn. And you've probably heard me tell this story, Crystal, coming from the corporate space, you know, coming from a corporate sales role, very direct, very to the point facts, you know, give me the numbers, give me the compelling statistics. And having to learn to tell stories has been really interesting and and almost challenging for me to think out of the box for that. So as a content strategist, you're not actually always generating content for your clients, right? You're helping them develop that strategy and teach them how to do that themselves. You want to tell everybody kind of how that process works?
1: Yeah, sure. So I really, um, I have a really in-depth conversation with them. I go through all of their previous content to see where they're at and for, for, um, for what our work is, I go. we go through stories that will resonate with their audience, either their own, either their clients. We really get to the heart of the emotions that they're feeling. It's so interesting that you talked about coming from a corporate background, because whether you come from a corporate background or an academic background or any of these, there's really no emotion that's taught in the writing. You're not taught to be emotional. You're taught to be straight, logical, factual, just... Leave your opinions out of it. Right. Even, even in college, even in school, we're we're taught, we're taught not to, to, to be like that. So I always tell people that what we're doing is I'm not teaching you anything. I'm helping you unlearn some habits that we have picked up from school that do not serve us in our business because we have to think more with our right brain, we have to be more emotionally in touch with what our clients are feeling. Mm-hmm. Because as you've said so many times, we buy with emotion, and we justify with logic. So we have to lead with the emotion. So I really help them tap into that aspect. And then from there, I give them, um, I we, we work through the different pro, um, steps through their, the journey of their content. And then I give them stuff to take into their social media. So I make social media templates and we do some captions. So I do some content to get them started because I want to show you how it's implemented. We do the story and here's different ways it can be implemented into your website, into your social media. Here's different content topics that weave into that story. Here's different templates you can use for your content that again, still keep that story at the forefront. So it's about this. It's about the strategy and then about into the nitty gritty implementation. So people usually have stuff that they can use that I've already written for a few weeks to a month. Mm -hmm. And then from there, they can start to make their own.
0: Awesome. I love that. And I think the teaching thing is for me, my first inclination with struggling with that was to hire a copywriter. I was like, I'm just going to hire a copywriter to do this for me. But I actually did make the decision to hire someone to teach me to do it. So I could eventually learn how to do it myself. And it has helped me immensely in, in better connecting with my audience and doing a better job of telling stories because I'm, you know this about me, I'm very much a bottom line girl. So I love that you aren't just doing things for people, which is it's sometimes a nice to have, right? Sometimes it's nice to have a copywriter do some stuff for you, but really teaching people how to do that themselves so it becomes repeatable so they can go implement that on their own. So I think that's fantastic. So tell me, you know, your, your mindset around sales has really been shifting, um, and that's been pretty new for you. What advice would you give to other entrepreneurs, probably similar to you, very heart-centered, very passionate about their work that they do, what advice would you give them to kind of get over that hump about sales to get over that mindset of, I'm just not a salesperson that just doesn't resonate with me. What's, what's that piece of advice that they can take away crystal?
1: I think the the best piece of advice that I could give in that situation is, you know, you may, you know, if you're like me, you want to serve people, you really want to help people. you want them to transform their life in some way, but you cannot do that if no one knows about you and nobody knows about what you do. You know, it's like a tree falling in a forest, you know, you, you have to um, you have to put yourself out there enough that you can um, impact people. You know, if you want to impact people, you're going to have to sell to them at the very least Mm -hmm. to help them get to where they want to go.
0: Absolutely. Selling is helping, right? That's the overwhelming thing that I teach is we're helping people. So aside from sales, because obviously that's what we focus on here, what else do you think is really important in growing a business? What other skills or best practices have you had to put into place uh, to grow your business, Crystal?
1: So this is a good question because I kind of have two answers, but I will... uh...
0: You can share them both. There's no rules. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Um, I think first and foremost for me, it was, um, really becoming a part of uh, my community. Mm -hmm. Um, I really saw that my, so I started what I was doing in July of last year, but things didn't really start to come together for me until I went to, uh, Kansas city has a global entrepreneurship week in November and it wasn't until I made this conscious decision that I was going to become a part of the local entrepreneurship community, um, and you know, and I met people in in person, especially not just online, that things really started to start to work for me. Um, so I feel like that is so important. It's not just about building your own community, like your audience. It's about becoming and showing up in your local community and having face-to-face conversations with people. And I mean, this face-to-face doesn't necessarily mean like at a coffee shop, it could be on zoom, but you know, having that face-to-face connection is really where businesses begin.
0: Absolutely. And you know, I am such a big believer in face-to-face. I tell that story all the time. I've told it on the podcast of my first six or seven clients came out of networking not people that I knew already, not my warm network, but actually getting out of my house, getting out of my office and going and connecting with people. So I love that. So that was part one. Is there a two part answer in addition to networking and being part of your community?
1: Well, so the second part is one I'm still working on to this day. And I think that entrepreneurs need to have a good sense of project management because that is something that, you know, If you're like again as a nurse, I never had to um, manage projects like that. So I'm like, I think that you know, there's definitely things that I want to get off the ground, and I have to know how to follow, follow completely through. Which ideas need to be prioritized? Um, which ones can, you know, go and wait till quarter three or whatever it is. Um, I think that, that is so important because you can't be having all the plates spinning at once. So you got to pick one or two really big things to work on at a time. And that's how you're also going to make your business
0: move forward as well. Absolutely. Project management. That is a really important one. And especially when you're balancing client work and client facing stuff and coaching, and there's a lot going on there. So I think that's, that is a really great tip as well. So Crystal, this was such a fun conversation and I, I I love getting to know you and I love you sharing your story um, with the audience. Tell everybody where they can find you and how they can connect with you.
1: Sure. So my website is uh, crystalbaird.com, B-A-I-R-D. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at Crystal Clear Storytelling, and um, you can also find me on Facebook, just Crystal Baird um, page. I go live on there, typically on Thursdays. So um, those are great places to find me.
0: Awesome. Crystal also spends an abundance of time in the sales skills for women in business Facebook group. She is a fantastic contributor in there. She shares some really great stuff. So Crystal, thank you again for your time. Thank you guys for listening to the uncensored sales podcast. If you would like to continue the conversation, please join us over in the sales skills for women in business Facebook group. I also spend a ton of time on LinkedIn. It is my favorite platform. So it is Ryan with two N's, Dowdy, and I look forward to connecting with you there. We'll see you on next week's podcast.